Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. This evening when Sergeant Bill Meade got back from camp, he delayed going home. Bungalow B of the Wakefield Auto Court had too many unpleasant associations. It reminded him too vividly of his wife, Kit, of his disillusionment at his discovery of what she really was, of the trap both he and Kit were caught in. Yet in spite of his feeling for her, Bill Meade couldn't help but be unhappy at the thought of what lay ahead for Kit. Finally, upon reaching home, he found a letter from California under the door. It was short. Kit stated that she had found a house at Malibu at the beach just outside of Los Angeles, that she had seen the doctor whom Dr. Lewis recommended, and that she was fine. Bill glanced over the note once more and threw it away. Kit certainly didn't have much news, he thought. But Kit Meade could have written much more than she did. She didn't mention in her letter that her old friend Paul Cromwell was also living at the beach. Nor did she mention Mrs. Lisa Fenner, the friend of Paul's from San Francisco. The young woman Kit has asked to stay with her in order to take Lisa off Paul's hands. No, for some reason, Mrs. Meade omitted these things from her letter. Now this evening in the beach house she's just rented, Kit Meade is sitting on a window seat in the living room, staring at the ocean. The door of the library opens. A small, delicately boned young woman comes into the room. Beautiful sunset, isn't it? Mm. Lance and I used to have a dance called Into the Sunset. With a tango. Really? It was one of our oldest numbers, but my favorite. Hmm. Did you ever see Lance and me? No. Lance would have liked you. Well, from what Paul tells me, Lisa, your husband's tastes were very broad and very... No, Lance was quite finicky. But in our work, the places where we performed, he was always meeting such beautiful women. Or women with money, whom he thought could do anything good. You talk about him very casually. Well, after five years, I got accustomed to it. No, that isn't true. I always hated it, but I'd learned to accept it. But I don't think I'd ever have left Lance. Our work, our career, meant a great deal to me. But now I'm really glad he's gone. Don't you want him to come back? After all, it might be a little more advantageous with the baby coming and... No. No, I never want to see him again. Well, he sounds as if he'd be a most unpleasant character. You wouldn't think so. If he were introduced to you, he'd sit at your table. He wouldn't talk much or stare at you. He wouldn't do any of those obvious things. But then he'd ask you to dance. He's such a wonderful dancer. He can make anyone dance as they've never done before. I imagine you're quite a good dancer, Kit. But if you danced with Lance, it would be a new sensation for you. Oh? Would it? Mm-hmm. And when the dance was over, and you went home, you'd think about it. He'd let you think about him for a day or two. Then he'd call. And so it would go. It sounds very familiar to me. I can assure you I wouldn't fall for it. Well, some women don't, of course. Mostly he affects the frustrated ones. And I wouldn't say you were that. You haven't been married very long, have you? Almost a year. Don't you miss your husband? 
Why do you ask? Well, I haven't heard you talk about him very much. Well, you haven't been around me very much. Why don't you say what's on your mind, Lisa? What do you mean, there's nothing on my mind? Isn't there? No. Uh, by the way, that was Paul's phone a moment ago. I rather thought so. And he said to tell you he was coming over later. Fine. Yes, I thought that would be all right with you. Lisa, you aren't very keen about living here with me, are you? I think it's very kind of you to put me up. Oh, for heaven's sake, don't sound like an orphan of the storm. Well, how would you feel if you were in my place? After all, I haven't anywhere else to go. No one to turn to but Paul. It's been wonderful to help me. He seems to think it best that I live here with you, so I have to fall in with his plans. That seems a peculiar attitude. Does it? Hmm. Just what did Paul tell you? Why should he tell me anything? What is there to tell? I only wondered. And I also wondered, Chick, why you did invite me to share this house with you. No particular reason. Really? Really. It seemed like a good idea. I have to have a place to live. I don't relish being alone. And we're in the same boat, you and I. The same boat? Yes. There's something you should know, Lisa. As long as we're going to be living together these next months, I think we should get a few things straight. I'd like for us to get along, but we won't as long as you feel as you do. What do you mean? You knew Paul quite well in San Francisco, didn't you? Yes, quite well. And you're very fond of him. Yes, I am. And you're a little worried about me, shall we say? You might as well admit it, it's obvious. Well, Kit, I know how Paul talked about you. I've watched the two of you together. I've been able to find out a few, a few things from Max about how you knew Paul in New York. In other words, you think I've come out here to see Paul? To be near him? Well, I understand. But you're quite wrong, Lisa. I haven't come out here to see Paul Cromwell. Like you, but for different reasons. Paul is the only person I could turn to. He's an old friend. I I need his moral support. You see, I've come out here to have a baby. You're going to have a child? Yes. You hadn't guessed? Why, no. No, I hadn't. Well, that's it. That's the little secret Paul and I have in common. The thing I know that's made you feel unhappy, so... Don't worry about any romantic attachments. There aren't any. Thank you, Kit, for telling me this. Oh, it makes me feel very foolish. Well, I thought we should get everything straight between us. You don't know what a difference it makes to me. I understand. I think it's wonderful about the child, Kit. Yes. But isn't your husband worried? I mean to have you so far away. Oh, yes. He's worried. Are you going to have the baby out here? Yes. I suppose you don't understand that, do you? Frankly, no. Well, Lisa, just as you have your reasons for turning to Paul, I have my reasons for not wanting to have this child in Wakefield, my hometown. Yes, Kit Mead has her reasons that she's so carefully guarded. But they're reasons that are now clear to the last person on earth Kit would have known them. 
At this same moment on a train going back east, Jessie Ward, secretary to Kit's father, turns her discovery of two days ago over and over in her mind, like a miser with his fortune. I can't believe my luck. When I found Kit had checked out of the hotel, had left no forwarding address. Then to have learned she'd taken that house at Malibu. <laughs> that rental agent certainly told me all I needed to know. Yes, things are coming my way for a change. So Kit is going to have a baby. No wonder she left town after Ben told her what he did about her mother's family. What if Wakefield knew about the Bowman's medical background? Knew that Kit was going to have a child. Knew what kind of a child she might expect. Ben Calvert would do anything to keep the town from learning that. <laughs> He'll do anything I ask him. And I'm going to ask him plenty. Yes, Jesse Ward, it looks as if this were your moment at last. You gave Ben Calvert years of devotion, expecting to get a reward. And instead, Ben grew tired of you. You've been waiting a long time, trying to find some way to get the whip hand over Ben. Well, now that you've got it, I wonder how you will use it. <laughs> 